episode 65 of the MetroFed TV rundown coming to you live a second time. This is actually the second time we are doing episode 65. Uh, we ran into problems with the uh, footage in the last episode, so uh, sorry, ladies and gents, if uh, you were wondering where we were last week. We had an episode, I swear. It just, uh, you know, things happen sometimes. Anyway, here for take two alongside me, Juan Escalante. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right, Lens. Uh, apologies that uh, I didn't. I lost the floppy disk where we recorded the last episode on. Uh, <laughs> uh wow. Wait, wait, wait. Why is my why is my thing like not like moving? Like, uh, like uh, do do you hear my audio input because it's like a flat line on Zencaster right now? Really, I can see you're you're recording fine. So, oh, so I'm like actually saying stuff right now. Yeah, I can hear you. It's recording. Okay, let's. Uh, okay, well, okay, let me try, let me let me let me do that intro again. Okay. Oof. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Episode sixty-five of the MetroFad TV rundown coming to you live off the backs of the three 0 win of Orlando. And this is actually episode 65.2. We kind of ran into problems on the cutting room floor last week. So apologies, ladies and gents, for missing out last week. We're back in action. And hopefully this time, uh, hopefully this time we'll be able to get something out before the game. Right alongside me for take two is Juan Escalante. How are you? I'm all right, Lens. I am very contrite that I uh, I lost the eight track player that we had the the last episode recorded on. Um, and also the laser disc. We did a video and we recorded it on laser disc, and we we couldn't. Yeah, uh, we, we couldn't we save gonna, it. We were going to auction off a copy of that episode, like that one Wu Tang Clan album, you know, yes. just to raise money to raise the production values of this that podcast. But unfortunately, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, life has other plans for people sometimes, and yes. uh, yeah, so that will forever be lost, like uh, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, unfortunately. Um, let's see. Let's like uh, I mentioned at the top of the episode. I think uh, yeah, three 0 win on the road against Orlando uh, has us uh, up in the second place in the Eastern Conference going into this uh, other away trip to Chicago. And uh, right now, I think um, I think it was also means that we are the first team in like uh, the history of the league win the opening four contests on the road if i'm not mistaken right i think, I think so uh, yeah yeah quite, quite literally unprecedented away form has uh, brought us to the head of the table so to say so um whenever those wins start picking up at home <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be in for one i think uh definitely yeah what you mean Definitely um, signs to be positive about, you know, I think. Um, and really, I think, really, this, this was really just a continuation of some of the stuff that we've uh, observed this season, right? I mean, I think, uh, for the most part, uh, mostly stifled Orlando out the game, right? So uh, the defense, once again, holding up the end of the bargain, probably once again showing that, yes, the, the defensive side of things that we had the defensive side of things has definitely been a big part of uh, the team's success for over the last I think uh, one and a half years or so I think I'll probably say like going back to halfway through the 2021 season and now starting off strong again this year right we barely right. the ability to stifle the opposition now this time uh, this time we once again created quite a fair bit of chances and this time the ball went in so uh nice to see um i think see nice to see that finally i think show up on the actual scoreline right um now i think there are a lot of reasons why there could be but i think uh part part of it has to do with the opposition this time around right and i swear this was on last week's episode where we had a discussion about what to do with 
teams that kind of like to sit back and make things difficult for us by mm -hmm. playing low blocks rate. But this game was a perfect, I think, antithesis to that, right? Where we came up against a team that enjoys uh, being a bit more open, enjoys moving the ball, uh, built, moving the ball up from the back, right? Like playing a bit more of a traditional open, uh, a bit more of a traditional open possession-based set, right? And these are the kinds of teams that really do play into the strengths of pressing like we do, right? I think, uh, and I think it kind of showed in the way that we um, we approach this game. Right, I think uh, they struggled to move the ball through our press. Uh, we generated a lot of turnovers. And yeah. uh, when we moved in transition, there was a lot more space, I think, for our attackers to be moving in and out of. Right, yeah. I think just simply because of the uh, space that was uh, left uh, unoccupied um, as a result of... Uh, Right, of, of all the space that generally opened up because of the line, the defensive lines that are being played. Um, I think uh, the second goal was a particularly good example of that. Right? I think uh, the uh, first that deep pass from Omir Fernandez right into the path yes. of Ashley Fletcher, yeah. lay off into Christian Casters Jr. who uh, bangs at home. I think uh, on attempt number two after uh, the first save by the goalkeeper. Major, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it's stuff like that, you know, I mean, I think that illustrates, right, that I think uh, that illustrates just how much having that ability to streak into space, right, in the transition is key mm -hmm. to, like, the kinds of chances that we create, but also is the key to, like, a, sorry, putting us in a position to win games off of the chances yeah. that that creates. But also, mm -hmm. I think uh, other moments throughout the game basically came on more traditional uh, traditional uh, situations where we were in possession of the ball for a bit. Yeah. Right? Well, the first goal, I think the first goal actually comes from we win the ball. And just like um, we talk about verticality and how quickly we want to get the ball up the field. Um, I yeah. So I'm trying to, having rewatched the game today, we win the ball back. Uh, Tom Edwards real quick hits it out to the wing to Lewis Morgan. He turns like real like snap turn, hits the ball uh, down the wing to Amir, and then at that point we're running at their goal, we're running at their back line, and it's the same thing as not identical but similar to the the chance that um, the first goal, maybe the first or second goal that Lewis Morgan scored against Toronto where uh, the ball just comes in short. And so we had that late run coming in from Lucinias, who we can talk about his goal <laughs> later, the, the outside of the foot, the futsal goal. Um, but yeah, so we have a combination of what, like really quick on the transition, but also breaking the ball in midfield, just like looking at the stat sheet. Um, uh, really interesting. So we had 11 shots. Only six on target. So we had more shots on target than shots off target. Orlando did not have any shots on target. We reduced them to like three shots in the entire game, none of which uh, really troubled Carlos Cornell at all. Um, only 36% possession, right? So this was a game that was won really in midfield. We out-tackled them 24 to 17. And if you look at where most of our tackles were, they were in the middle of the were in the middle third of the field. Um uh, most tackles on this team were o actually Omir Fernandez in that middle third, winning that ball real quick, dishing it off to a midfielder and dishing it out out wide. So very impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it certainly was like a big banner game for uh, Omir Fernandez. Right. I think, uh, I think uh, the assist on the Lucinius goal could have gotten the second one if, uh, you know, I think uh, the ball goes in on the first try. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the Casper's goal, but you know, I mean, nevertheless, I think uh, I, I think you know, those illustrate that it was a it was a great two way game for him, right? I think uh, the combination with the midfield axis, as you mentioned, creates this buzzsaw in the middle of the field, right? It generates a lot of turnovers, generates a lot of pressure, and I think uh, it's those contributions that I think um, add to the lethality of our transition, right? I think uh, the ability to win 
falls at the rate that rate that we do in midfield, I think has been has been one of those uh, things that kind of indicates to us that maybe just maybe, right? We're back, we're on the right track again and playing like mm-hmm. we used to, and like a you know from us in mid twenty from us in mid twenty tens to late twenty tens. Um, those contributions on both sides of the ball, right? I think uh, have been have been critical. I think in uh, our success this year so far, and, you know, I think uh, probably deserves a lot of commendation for that. Uh, I think uh, he's taken the ball quite quite figuratively, taking the ball uh, and ran with it right from the moment that he was inserted into the starting lineup again uh, in late 2021. And he's just kind of built on that, you know, I don't think he's, it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like he may not score every game, but he does enough. And I don't think he's going to be able to win games on his own, but he does enough that I think as a complimentary piece, right. It's one of those things that kind of adds up and uh, helps you win games. Right, he's not going to. Exactly. He's not going to win games by himself, but he's going to help you win games. I'm sure. Yes, definitely I mean, a I, case of like of the benefit of having your floor raised than and then having your ceiling raised. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Sure, uh, because I think when we talk about ceiling raised, right? I think uh, let's let's talk about Lucinius. Let's again. talk about Lucinius. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, uh, I mean, uh, I absolutely do want to talk about how saucy that uh, first goal was, right? I mean, oh my like gosh, the tap with the outside of the foot, with the space on the edge of the eighteen-yard box, you know, uh, made that look so easy. So yeah, <laughs> you know, like uh, it's 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 been a while since you've seen like a finish like that. I mean, like the the only other one that I can think of is, uh, you know, I think it's that often shared a clip of Ronaldinho, right? In that Champions League game. Oh, yeah. With that, uh, with that toe the poke. The toe poke. Yeah. Yeah, it was a toe poke. But yeah, another futsal goal. Yeah, or like, uh, what are other goals? Like, Romario scored lots of goals like that. Ronaldo had one in the in the 2002 World Cup. Just like, you can all, it's it, the telltale sign of someone grew up playing small-sided games. Yeah. So it's, a, it's those great, is those great finishes. You know, I've, I'm really quite stoked that like he's uh, come across that that he injects this into our side, right? I mean, I think yeah. uh, we talked about this as well. I think in the last time we tried to record this, but you know, I think uh, when you talk about the adding an extra dimension attack, you know, I think he definitely brings a little bit of that, you know. Factor of unpredictability, right? Exactly. That's kind of uh, been that we've kind of been missing. I think you know. I mean, I think every time he gets the ball, it's a you kind of wait with bated breath, right? Because you're not really sure like what he's something's going to happen. Yeah, something's going to happen, right? He his the the vision that he displays, right? The, I think we talked about this in the past. It's the vision, it's the technique, it's the ability to like basically. Um, basically faint players right i think uh, yeah his, uh, his, the, the he can go any turn. which way he can touch any which way yeah the, the the quick turns and the quick release on the passes i mean like uh i would definitely say that so far he's come as advertised and I yeah, think, I was yeah. I I was I was willing to like give him extra time before like he actually bet it in, but it's it's, it's quite impressive to see how <laughs> the impression he's made so far. Because even I think Legia Vorsava fans were like talking about like, yeah, he's good, he's an amazing dribbler, but he has no end product. And I'm like, I don't know, man, it's looking pretty good. Because I didn't because I, I knew he was like a dribbler and I know he could take shots from like, but like his distribution is also very good. Like he has that right amount of like I like I didn't like I knew he was kind of like. Not a number ten, right? I was like, he was like kind of an inside winger who can dribble the ball and like you know kind of yeah. the, these new number tens, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's actually really impressive to watch him like that. He has that like you know the thing about like attacking midfielders. It's not about the silky silky. It's all about like the deception and the what do they call it in Spanish? Like la pausa. Like Kaku yeah. had a bit of that too. Uh, 
where like he and and, and Lucinius actually does it at at pace, which is actually quite interesting. Yeah, no, I th- no, 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 I think it's uh, it's that especially right. So I think that that's the separating factor here as well, right? And it's just like how quickly he thinks and how quickly oh, yeah. as soon as like uh, it's like he he seems like the type of guy who knows exactly what he wants to do on the ball, like the moment, like the moment even before he receives it, and he's already yeah. like one or two, and he's already thinking ahead, like one or two like uh, plays ahead. You know, I mean, yeah, I think. Not just the technique, but it's the brain on him as well, right? And I think, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's gonna be fun. You know, I think yeah. um, it's been a real banner co- last couple of weeks for him. I think, yeah, for sure. And you've you've touched on it before, but I think uh, it, it it it's worth repeating that like I think there's an observation that our friend had made that that the way he plays is not exactly how we would envision the ideal Struber like bald. I don't know what you, you'd call Struber ball, but like the, the way we want to play and he kind of exists outside of that. But really I think what makes system soccer strong is to be able to like have a guy who could be unpredictable in the ways that he, that can offer you something different when the plan doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, this is what we talked about. when We talked about what to do against bunkering teams, right? Is that you know if if you're not going to be able to work the ball into the box, they're not going to be able to create this kind of space for you, right? With inside-out movement, it really just kind of is a matter sometimes of having people that can seize like half opportunities, right? Who are willing to have the um, mental presence. To just put a shot, I think, on target <laughs> and have it reasonably come within reasonable, um, have it come within reasonable, um, what's that word? Uh, put a shot, put, like, sees like a half space uh, around in and around the 18 yard box, right? Put it yeah. on target and maybe something happens. You know, either the ball goes into the back of the net, keeper parries it, but the rebound falls to somebody who's in there. Right, all kinds of things can happen, right? Because I think uh, if the team that you're playing against isn't going to be wanting to give you that kind of space where you're creating opportunities for movement in and around the 18-yard box, sometimes it really just is a matter of having them respect you from from distance. I think, right? Sometimes it really is just a matter of uh, having somebody who can. Uh, who can seize opportunities like that to generate some kind of shot, like on a tight turn or on a, on a, you know, slightly lower, um, on a slightly lower percentage chance on the edge of the yeah. 18 yard box or something like that, you know, cause you're, we're not, cause you're not always, realistically speaking, you're not always going to find yourself in situations where like you're carving open opposition defenses right. right especially at the level that this league is right we cannot assemble a super team like the barcelona's and manchester cities of the world that can put those string like four thousand passes together and then score off four tap-ins at the end yeah. of 90 minutes exactly exactly right with the budget that we're playing with sometimes you, you kind of do where the game is not as like optimized as it is right at the very highest level that it is nowadays. Um, you can't really expect to be able to um, generate those kinds of chances with as much frequency as those teams do, right? So I think uh, that was a pretty good um, illustration of that. Really just uh, took a lateral pass, right? Took it up into space in the 18-yard box. And then with the amount of space that he got, just kind of dinked it to the outside of the foot, went into the bottom corner because, uh, you know, he just saw the opportunity to take it. You know, you can't always be, uh, can't always be uh, too, too, uh, what's that word? Too dogmatic, right? About trying to move the ball into a better position or whatever. Right. Right. Because I think simply you're just not always going to have the opportunity to. You know? Yeah. As Ronaldinho said when they asked him about that toe poke goal, he's like, "Well, that's 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 all I could do." Yeah. 
It's good. To Why see did you do that? Because that was that was really the only choice I had. <laughs> <laughs> they gave they they gave me no other choice, dude. They gave me yeah. no other choice. It's good. So yeah, I mean, it was it was nice seeing that. Um, other things throughout the game, I think, as we mentioned, uh, was uh, the is how stifling the defense was. I mean, I think uh, we haven't really had the opportunity to talk a lot about the defense uh, on this podcast, but I mean, I think we do have to give them their flowers at this at some point, right? And I think uh, it's been pretty telling that we haven't had to put them under a microscope for most of the year, just simply because yeah. of how like how good they've been at doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? I mean, uh, you said it best in that one statistic, right? Like three shots on goal, none on target. Yep. Goalkeeper was basically a passenger, which is like the best kinds of games that they want to have, right? So, um, needless to say, I mean, I think uh, I, I think it's been kind of notable, I think, that most of the goals that we've conceded this season have been mostly on set-piece-like situations, right? Or s- situations that are like akin to dead ball situations, I should say. Uh and the moment we kind of ironed those out, right? I mean, uh, we we kind of realized that we we don't actually generally concede a lot of chances from open play more often yeah. than not, which I think is a very promising sign, right? I was just a, so I am confident enough to say that. Uh, this is a foundation for a really good team, and I hope that these results start to flow to match that level, right? Because yeah. we are basically stifling opposition attackers the way that we have, right, through the first few months of the season, and we couple that with a slightly more dynamic, with a slightly more dynamic attack. I think we could be in business this year. You know, I think that mm-hmm. goes without saying. Uh, Long and Nealis have basically given me zero reason to complain. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really impressive at how, like, quickly, like, I mean, we knew Aaron Long was good. But I mean, like, you know, Nealis now as well next to him just seems like a, he's part of the furniture, right? You know, like, doesn't really put a foot wrong. Uh, seems very calm and composed at this level. You know, it's it's great returns on there, that one, considering the fact that we got him in, like, the, the MLS Super Draft, right? I think... Uh, um, from from Hofstra University. Yeah, from Hofstra University, nonetheless. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's a long ways from when we were watching, like, the 15-minute highlight clip that he had at the draft and, like, playing, like, I don't know, like, other other colleges in the area and you all and it's just really bizarre like <laughs> slow right. uh holy shit he has so much space to play the ball kind of exactly kind of reactions right like see, see him to see him uh now i think uh settle in as like a seasoned pro at this level i mean i think uh the growth that he's displayed as a center back over the last year uh, so right i mean I think we definitely scratched our heads as to why he was getting so many reps at the beginning of the 2021 season, but now it's, but now I think, you know, he, he, he's earned him, right? He's, he kind of has earned the right to have his name be uh, written in permanent marker. I think, uh, in the starting 11. So we got to give the, got to give the defensive flowers for this one. I think, uh, I think by 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 any margins, I think uh, we talk about the, the three goals will grab the headlines, but the underlying numbers will show that this was probably also our best defensive performance of the season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers again. It's like I'm just trying to like how like how do you how do you effectively um evaluate a defensive performance? But I'm looking at because we can talk about tackles, right? But like most of our tackles were in the midfield, so like. I think part of what our defense is very good at is not we don't do a lot of emergency defending. I think most of the defensive contributions from our back line is like interceptions and clearances. And that's really sometimes all you need. Just get the ball away from danger. 
it's the air it's the it's the aerial deals as well i think exactly winning at a pretty good clip because i think uh for teams that try and play direct especially right this is kind of one of those things that we need to sharpen up on so if we're winning everything if we're winning most deals in the air right of teams that try and go vertical try and beat us uh then it's a it's a bit of a it's a it's a bit of symbiosis right between the back line and the midfield right because if your back line is winning as many deals as they are then you also got to have like a midfield that's very good at like recovering those uh the ball off of those deals right wherever it may land up and i think that's yeah. been something that the midfield has also been doing very well right amaya and uh, yearwood have been vacuuming up uh from those uh, situations very very well so in that sense, I think the spine of the team has been has been doing like the Lord's work. Yeah, <laughs> I think, for lack of the better word. Yeah, um, yeah. If we can look at the, the the numbers again, it's like most of our defensive pressures again are in the middle in the middle third of the field by like a huge margin. I think was the defensive pressures in the in our defensive third thirty in the middle third seventy two. Yeah, I and thirty five in the attacking third. So it's like. Yeah, give the yeah. back line less work as possible. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, just 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 that back. Yeah, I think uh, that that kind of says it all, really. <laughs> right, that buzz saw in right. the middle of the field is uh, seems like it's back. Uh, assuming that we have our first choice uh, midfielders and a first choice back line. This is all considering the fact as well that I think. Uh, we are missing Andres Reyes until the summer. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Inshallah. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so I think that's that, that, that that's kind of what we got to... I think that's all we can really need to touch upon, I think, right? With regards to that. Give the, give the defense to Flowers. They've been kind of under understated part of uh, our discussions because I think we were trying to figure out what to do with the attack most weeks. But, you know, I think uh, it's time that we gave them a pretty good shout out i think um one other thing of course i think uh the cameo appearance of patrick Klimala. i think um probably people are tired of like hearing this name a lot every single week but i mean I'll, i well, I, he still plays on the team folks yeah <laughs> and i and i do think uh, that this course gets a bit out of control sometimes because i think uh between this and the hartford game i think uh this has been I think uh, I think he's gotten, he's found it. He's rediscovered a bit of fire. I think that's yeah. for sure. I think uh, definitely after the penalty miss, I think he definitely was uh, rocked for a few weeks. But recently, I think he seems to have uh, regained a bit of his focus. Right, because once again, another game where he looks to, where he looks pretty energetic coming off the bench. Generating a lot of uh, opportunities to be uh, generating a lot of opportunities of his runs in behind, and you know, even with that one disallowed goal that was uh, ruled out for offside, right? Um, that was the first time in a while that I think I can recall uh, him being in a situation where uh, he was played in behind the back line with the ball played into yeah. his feet, right? And that's the kind of service that I haven't been seeing him get a lot of. I think uh, it could also be like the first time in a while where like he plays a back line that's that high up the field, probably. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing, right? Is that when when, when you factor in the fact that like uh, as we mentioned over the past few weeks, like he's basically playing trying to formulate something as a lone striker against uh, teams that were pretty content to like set a deep defensive line and uh, basically deny that kind of space for him to run into, right? I think. Uh, I think uh, this is the first game in a while that I think kind of suited his strengths a little bit more, right? Some team that likes to play a higher defensive line to give him all this space to run into. And somebody found him. It's just that, unfortunately, uh, he was offside. He was offside. offside. It was a great finish, though. Five holes the goalkeeper. Delays the shot enough as well just to try and see, like, uh, if the goalkeeper will bite and just... yeah slots it between his legs it was uh, it was pretty good i mean i think um i still wonder what it's gonna be like if we ever decide to deploy ashley fletcher and klimala 
as a front two. But it seems to be that the pendulum is kind of swung back towards four two three one in recent uh, in recent weeks, right? It's so it's 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 so bizarre, and it might just be like the specific game to game instructions because like this game was listed as a four two three one, but then once you actually look at the shape, it was like three. It, I mean, watching the game, it very much was a a a three center back formation, but then like, and then you look at the actual passing networks and you see uh, Lewis Morgan in like way up on the field. But yeah, I think uh, outside of that, I think the, 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 where the wrinkle comes in is how the forward line is deployed. Cause sometimes yeah. we have two looks either when we play with wing backs, we have two looks in the front three we would either play one striker. And then we'd have like, what you would call, I guess, the two tens in the half spaces behind him, or we would play two strikers, usually, you know, either Klamala or Fletcher, and then with, I think, Omir really as the second striker, and then Lucinius behind him, and I think that's mostly for the shape. Um, in our defensive shape, I think pressing with two forwards as opposed to pressing with one and having the two supporting guys behind him. Um but yeah, that's that's what ends up being the weird wrinkles of how the shape that you can't tell uh, as soon as, even when the lineups come out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I, I do. I I have seen a couple things where it seems that we are tailoring our tactics to uh, the opposition, particularly on a week to week basis, but. And I mean, like it, it. I think it definitely worked this week. So I think it would be a bit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Did I did I didn't realize until like thirty minutes into the game. Was it thirty minutes? I don't know. I re- like I I remember looking up, at uh, when the second half started. They were like, "Oh, Alexandra Pato has come out." I'm like, "Wait, he was playing." <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's a, that, that's one. That's a, he's alive, and two, he's playing in this game. That's a name, huh? Jesus, he hasn't been good in like uh, I don't know, close to twelve years at this point, right? <laughs> I think uh, he was good in Brazil, but then he, yeah, I don't know. It's it's well, he's, I mean, he's had a strange career. Good in Brazil, uh, I mean, quite frankly, after a certain age, doesn't really mean anything. Well, but let's be honest with ourselves here. <laughs> I feel like he was at, in Brazil longer than you think he was. Let's see. Uh, okay, obviously he was at Milan. He was 17, and he was there up until 2013. So he's 22. Then he goes back to Brazil. In twenty. He's 24. He goes back to Brazil. Uh, then he goes to Chelsea. That's a, that, that's a weird one. From Sao Paulo to Chelsea, then to Villarreal. Then, to, then he goes off to China Super League. To play for Tianjin, and then back to Brazil, then back to Orlando. He's thirty-two now. Wow, where, did, where does the time? What I mean is, uh, if you're twenty-something and you're going back to play in Brazil, like I mean, I think you kind of fucked up there. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like I said, like after a certain age, if you're still playing and like being good in Brazil, doesn't really mean anything. Right? I mean, <laughs> twenty, twenty-seven, twenty-eight years old. He was in China. Exactly. Exactly, right? Like, and even then, I, I presumed I was like in the boom, like in the CSL boom period when they were just twenty seven, like, twenty eighteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the years where they're just spending obscene amounts of dosh and bringing in people. I mean, around the same time as when Stephen L. Shawawi showed up in Shanghai. I'll At Shanghai. Know. Yeah, remember that name as well, El Shawawi. Yeah, fuck you know, man. He's a- He's uh he's back at he's at Jose Mourinho's Roma. <laughs> you, know, you know, uh needless to say. <laughs> we did our remembering dudes portion of the show. Yeah. Uh needless to say, I mean like uh Jesus man, I mean like <laughs> these are the kinds of names that if you have to bring up to compare to one another, you kinda know that you're pe- that, that uh it's kinda gone <laughs> pear shaped really. But but uh I think uh, what, back to the whether game. or not he was, uh, I don't know, whether he was good in this game. I don't know. Credit to our back line again, keeping him quiet. You know what I noticed about our back, our our defensive efforts too, is that 
we're not only like keeping their forwards quiet, but typically whenever team has like a very like talismanic number 10, we, we find a way to like keep him quiet as well. We yeah. had like Mauricio Pereira in this game. Uh, probably the best number 10 we've probably faced this year would, would have been like Luis Hill. And we, we pretty much kept him like just spreading the ball out wide as opposed to like playing any sort of incisive ball over the top or on the ground. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's the understated part of uh, how of, of uh, the defensive work this year as well, right? I think uh, it's, um, I think it's like you mentioned, it's the rate at which we are capable of like applying those uh, at, at pressuring the ball carriers of the opposition, right, in the middle yeah. of the pitch, right? I think uh, the defensive pressures uh, metric is what's key here, right? We are going to be able to harangue ball carriers the way that we have this year right i think that's gonna spell a lot of success i think yeah and it basically carries over i think into uh how tight we are at keeping things in uh keeping things at the back and generally preventing teams from creating too much from open play you know so i think the key objective is is once we brush up our set piece defending a little bit more I think uh, that would probably be one of the things. Uh, I think that probably be we're in good shape, basically. I think. Um, yeah, I think that's all we really need to talk about for this game. I think. Uh, I don't know. Anytime, anytime you put on a convincing win like this, like uh, hard <laughs> to really have too many complaints. It's, yeah, I don't know. It was. Uh, uh, we got a penalty towards the end. Very dubious would I have given it? I don't think so. And then it ruined our our meme joke of Ashley Fetcher doing the two to the two nil sign fingers at the end of the game. Oh, I totally forgot about that. That was so fucking. That was fucking hilarious. That like, was awesome. And well, it's like, oh, you ruined it. <laughs> you should have ran up and done three anyway. Like, <laughs> he should have run up. I don't, I don't know. It's like it's, it's gonna be like a really esoteric reference here, but I forget. I think it was like a Spurs Arsenal. Uh, game on a uh, fan zone right on Sky Sports that used to run where you had like those uh, fans who would do the commentary right. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I think uh, that was uh, at one point. I think Spurs went ahead. I think uh, what is it three, three two or something. And like uh, they had their they had their fan going on. So we scored three. We scored three. We scored three. And I wanted to use as like a sad clip somehow, but I haven't been able to find a video unfortunately. So you're just gonna have to take my word for it. Take your word for it. This was really just a, this was really just an excuse for me to mention that Fanzone was like one of the best things about Sky's coverage back in the day, and you should really bring. It oh back. yeah, I don't. We we can't we can't do that here. In MLS. <laughs> I feel like it's it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't feel right. It would be it too wouldn't have the lame, right vibes. dude. It would be too it lame. Would be, they'd find like the herbiest like the, US, the most herbiest like, guys guys who show up to U.S. men's national team games and like fucking exactly. USA like flag cargo shorts and Oakley sunglasses and shit. And, yes. it'll be, <laughs> and it'll probably or like uh, i don't know like some fucking like i don't know uh bespectacled dipshit who works for i don't know like accenture or something <laughs> like just the worst mix of dudes man like <laughs> yeah anyway anyway uh let's let's move on to stocks i think <laughs> on that note all right um Stock up Omir Fernandez. I think uh, definitely well-deserved. I would probably give a stock up to um, the back line collectively as well. uh, The reasons that I mentioned, I think uh, the center back pairing of Aaron Long and Sean Nealis actually, particularly give a stock up too. And uh, stock up will go to uh, Lukinius. Those are my stocks up. Stock downs, I will give a stock down to the state of Florida collectively. Because <laughs> uh, Orlando seems like the worst place in the universe. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's definitely in the running. <laughs> Central Florida is just a, a, a strange vibe. Yeah. Uh, never, <laughs> never have I once heard anyone like say that they're really looking forward to going to Orlando. If like Disney wasn't involved somehow, if Disney wasn't involved, and, and Disney in itself is its own can of worms, right? So, yes. um, let's 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 not go there. 
Let's not um, go there again. Yeah, I mean, like, it's hard for me to issue stock downs, really, to anybody. I think, I think, really, I think it would be, it would seem a bit too nitpicky for what was a very comprehensive team performance. Right. So, it's kind of where I'm at for that. I don't think uh, anybody's really um, caught the ire of anyone this game. Right. Yeah. What else are you going to say when we when we beat a team this convincingly? I mean, it's been a while since I've been able to say that. So Exactly. Yeah. That's where I'm at. All right. Uh, think of my stocks. I, I feel like I have to give stocks, like, cumulatively based on the games that we haven't uh, – uh, uh, publish our discussions about, but I feel like, I feel like Klamala gets a stock up. I feel like he's he, he, like you mentioned before, like he's looking. I don't know if rejuvenated is the right word, but for all the talk about like, oh, his confidence is low. I do not see a striker low on confidence right now, even if he's not like banging goals in. It's he's playing very, uh, very deliberate plays. Very, uh, uh, even take like I think he had like a volley over the top of the shoulder that he whiffed on, but I'm like, like a guy who's low on confidence is not going to try to do that. Yeah. He's like, it's, we're two nil up. I'm still going to dunk on these guys. Um, uh, I think Amaya gets, I don't know. I don't know if this is a stock, but I think it's definitely worth mentioning like how, how invaluable Frankie Amaya is in this midfield. I think I mentioned in the last episode or like in the lost episode, rather, uh, what he brings to the team, I think, in in the last few games, he's, I think, his output on like progressive passes from midfield has still like over, outdone the output of both uh, Drew Yearwood and Christian Casadas combined over ninety, uh, which can't really uh, can't discount. Um, is there any, are there are there other other stocks I want to give up here? I don't know, Lucinius, <laughs> obviously, yeah, stock think- just. Through the roof. I don't know. Yeah, does CCJ really does, does, does Christian Casadas get a stock up in this game? I feel like I feel like if we if we drew out his stocks, it would be like the craziest roller coaster in existence. Just like ups and downs and ups and downs. Yeah, he, he he's taken on the Cal Duncan role of a guy who's a oh my gosh, you're right. At yes. like insane pace, game to game. Yes, I think yes. like even within the boundaries of the game, right? Like like. The stock falls and rises so dramatically over the course of even like a forty-five minute appearance. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's he's done that well. But, oh no, he's done this and like, oh, oh no, he's done he ever... that. Oh, sick, he scored a goal. Oh no, he's got a red card. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. A real roller coaster of emotions, as we say. Yes. That's um, <laughs> uh, why I think uh, in the end, I think it kind of comes out that a stock uh, stays even. I think yes. So. <laughs> no net changes. No net change. You you got some dramatic rises and you got some dramatic yes. falls. So hopefully uh, you bought in when it a trough and you sold when it valued and you sold at the peak. I don't know. Yes. Something like that. I don't know. We never talked about Ashley Fletcher this game. I feel like he had a decent performance coming in. Um, he got oh, yeah. a couple. I think it was interesting because to, to watch him come into a game where the defense was giving him some space in behind. Because uh, usually he hasn't been able to do that in the past few games. I think even in like the Dallas game, I think you you watched him like uh, carry the ball a bit, was letting guys run off of him so he could play passes on the ground for them. This one, he got a couple looks in the back line. He got a shot on goal that was like really well taken. Like the ball kind of like pops up over his shoulder and he kind of holds off the defender really well so it can come across his body and he can get a, a, a clean volley on it. Um, there was another one, it was blocked, but like, the ball kind of cops up and he was like really he was like shaping up to shoot like the kind of ways that like i know when you watch like uh shooting drills in like training or in warm-ups where like guys have like you know when you have no pressure and you can just like you know like time your body right correctly and not snapshot like he almost got one of those off so i don't know uh not just a big lad i guess i think uh, it showed in his reel for sure i mean like uh I think it was a bit of a misnomer to kind of paint him as like a sort of a target man, like striker. Yeah. Because I think like uh, it even showed in his highlights that he definitely worked better with the ball at his feet, right? And he was capable of stretching mm-hmm. the play of like his uh, dribbling ability. That's why he was uh, played occasionally out wide when he was at Bora. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like you said. I mean, 
it's like you said, I think uh, it's uh, interesting to see that now in a game where he was given more space to kind of run with the ball, I think against a higher back line, that you saw some of this stuff come out a little bit more. And uh, mm-hmm. so like I said, I think uh, he, he does add an additional dimension. With, uh, that is ability, like again, right? The ability to quickly combine with other players, uh, really think uh, fits the mold of like the quick verticality that we want to play with. I think so. Like I said, would be also see- also his ability to to banter off uh, opposing fans clearly. Yeah, no, I mean like uh, the the disrespect was uh, the cherry on top of the uh, <laughs> cake for me. You know, it's like yeah, they're giving you shit. Give it to him right back. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Make those chuds mad, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I've been at Millwall away. Do you think? Do you think Central Florida is gonna make a difference here? Exactly. So yeah, I think that kind of does about does does about just about does it. Sorry, just about does it <laughs> for the for the for the Orlando game. I think. Uh, I think uh, yeah. I mean, I think we. I think it's the we past all... like two two and a half weeks of Red Bull soccer. Yeah, I mean, I was like, we—I was gonna say—is like we all we all like convincing wins in this contest, don't we, kids? Uh, we kind of have struggle session every week, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So now I think we look ahead to uh, the we look ahead. I think to the rest of the to, to what's coming up this week, and I think it's an away trip to Chicago. But I think before that. Uh, we did discuss the. Uh, we, I guess we should touch upon the transfer rumor. I think real quick, right? Of uh. Oh yes. Uh, I mean, I hate the fact that uh, I have to say this name out loud, but Conrado Bucanelli Holtz from uh, Gdansk, I think. In yeah, like the Gdansk. League. Uh, let me just say that this is like one of the grossest names I've ever seen in my just life. Just a terrible. <laughs> Just like you have, I mean, we have the two, like the two, uh, the two poles of of Brazilian names. We have like what Luquinhas Linares, Lucas Lima Linares, and Conrado Bucanelli Holtz. Holtz, Right? uh, (laughs) Oh man, Uh, he he looks like a Vineyard Vines model as well, which makes it even fucking worse. Like just like some like. Deputy undersecretary under the Bolsonaro government. Yeah, or like uh, you know, he's uh, the guy consulting at McKinsey as to like uh, <laughs> to suggest... how to like chop down forests and put up like Bitcoin farms or whatever. Yeah, like uh, uh, unironically uh, suggesting to uh, give Amazonian tribesmen like blankets filled with COVID or something. You know, like oh my gosh, just to, just to drive them out. Just to evil. Go. Yeah. Some shit like that, you know. Like <laughs> that being said, I mean, uh, what is it? I think uh, that the tail is a left back who can also spell spots in midfield, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah, yeah, left back slash midfielder. Uh, what we've heard is that this is a summer signing, presumably, uh, as reported yes. in Once the Metro and uh, in the original tweet, which appears to be from his agent of some kind, right? Yeah. That, he is going to be a summer transfer window signing. Uh, I think, uh, well, I mean, for, for, for the one thing, I think uh, we definitely needed some kind of cover at the left-back position. Uh, I don't necessarily know if it was lovely cover per se, but considering that this is like a guy in like his mid-20s who... Guy in his mid twenties who will take up an international slot, right? But you know, I think, uh, I think uh, that being said, like what he adds to the table, I think is a very attacking minded left back, right? Like uh, really likes to streak up the field, yeah. Uh, get into those wide attacking channels. I mean, it's basically what we thought uh, we'd be expecting from our fullback play this season, right? Like really, um, as the main width providers in this formation. Um, we do, I do think that that has been one aspect of, uh, the team that hasn't really come through yet, right? This ability for the fullbacks to uh, stretch the play. 
just yet. So I think it's a it, it's a signing that makes sense, considering that we really only have one viable full time left back option at senior level, and John Tolkien. Yeah. Right? Um, but I just kind of wonder what the price is going to be, and where he profiles. I think is, I don't know, really know if it's going to be someone who who I I don't know if this is going to be depth or it's going to be someone who will eventually find his way into the starting lineup because I think profile wise it kind of sounds like someone who will be a starter but who knows really I mean like uh, this move may not <laughs> kind of have to wait and see but yeah. I do think uh, as like we said right I think uh, someone with a bit more um, who, play, who, who can play a bit more direct down the Whitehead channel because I think uh, our fullbacks right now are kind of more combination fullbacks right they prefer to combine they prefer yeah. to uh, sort of open up that space through like quick interchanges rather than being able to dribble with the ball right surging yeah. the space and I think the only person who kind of uh, displayed a little bit of that is actually Lewis Morgan but even then like I think uh, maybe it indicates that they're trying to push Morgan up closer to goal. I don't know. But mm, watch maybe. the space, basically, for this player. I think uh, this kind of makes sense from uh, a need perspective. Because uh, you can't really go uh, the full season assuming that you'll always have uh, the first choice left back available. And we don't yeah. really have any viable... We don't We don't have... Where, where, where in the world is Jason Pendon? He is he has joined the provisional of Viet Cong. Good for him. <laughs> he opened up a cafe in Ho Chi Minh City. Oh, <clears throat> yes. Delicious. Le Petit Parisien or something. I don't know. Like... Yes, serving up serving up the best uh, cafe den or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, in, in any case, uh, yeah, I mean, like like I said, you know, I mean, I don't think it's very wise to go the full season this year. I think that you'll have uh, your first choice uh, left back available. So I think it is a welcome move. Uh, watch this space to see if it's actually happening or not. Uh, it's um, I, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's weird that the, the, the agent was saying it, but all right. And like, I think he said it was for a summer move. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it's true. I mean, <laughs> it's still machine translations, right? So uh, just, 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 just keep the, keep, keep the, keep the name in mind for now. Uh, Actually d- d- keep, I don't want to keep the name in mind because the name is terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. We all have to do things that we don't like sometimes. Uh, it would be terrible uh, if like if like he would ask for the jersey and they would have to say Bucanelli hyphen Holtz on the back of it like oh gross dude yeah <laughs> rather no, than saying Conrado on the back yeah no it's it sounds like a kind of sounds like a war crime I'm not gonna lie it uh, <laughs> anyway. Holtz huh Bucanelli Holtz just like <laughs> two names on the wrong side of World War Two. German last name in South America, dude. Do I even need to say anything else? Like, <laughs> Christ. Anyway, um, Chicago away at Soldier Field. Um, yes. I remember when this was to Toyota Park in Bridgeview, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I mean, uh, at least speaking, I mean, uh, what is it like? Like, uh, this is an away trip uh, that I think for the longest time, uh, for some reason, we struggled with. But, you know, we don't really care about things like that. Uh, I don't really know what else. Well, I mean, like, I'll be honest here. Like, uh, let, we, we should probably stray away from uh, previewing the opposition too much because I think uh, we were on a good... We were on a good track saying nice things to the opposition rather than us eating yes. crow. I think trying to talk about trying to break down what to expect here. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, man, this thing I have to say about Chicago is is that uh, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, um, I enjoyed the hot dog that I had in the pier. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
the last time I was there. I'm not going to wade into the discussion of whether or not deep dish pizza is pizza, but I will wade into the discussion of whether or not deep dish pizza is good, and uh, it is good. I will, I will eat, I will eat deep dish if you yeah. put it in front of me. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted to uh, avoid that topic with the, uh, you know, because because I think it's nuclear. And go lie. Yes. And I, have, I have nothing good to add to that discussion. To be honest, would I eat it? Yes. Will I elaborate on what I what I would categorize that as? Uh, no. No. Uh, nice yeah, things about Chicago. Uh, uh, my friend is moving there. Good. Good luck. Good luck to her. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I listen to the radio and Wilco comes on, I don't turn off the radio. So uh, good, good for them. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I just discovered it's from Chicago, and Earth, Wind, and Fire is great. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Siamese Dream, great album. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, uh, 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 CM Punk. Yeah, he was a CM cool, Punk. He's a, he's yes, a cool guy. Yeah, he cool guy. <laughs> Uh, other other great Chicago things. Uh, the, the the Chicago Bulls uh, 1996 championship entrance is still iconic to this day. Uh, yes, absolutely. I don't know how you can hear Sirius and not get hyped immediately, <laughs> like uh, especially with the cartoon bull running down the st- <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> terrible cartoon bull. Um, um, uh, I saw I saw Sufjan Stevens while I was barking for a comedy show, and I called out to him to come to the comedy show. He did not come to the show, but he did laugh that I recognized him in public. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of names I haven't heard in a while, yeah, well, Sufjan Stevens, how about that? I don't, uh, oh no, I think I think Devin Hester had some really cool kick returns, but uh, and the other football. <laughs> that, that, that i only watched through youtube compilations yeah yeah basically i think uh you know chicago it's, a, it's not a bad place to be yeah that you that youtube channel uh crime pays but botany doesn't it's some dude who uh who lays on a thick chicago accent and talks about the local flora and fauna of where he's at that's a fun one <laughs> hella uh, confront a snake and be like whoa take it easy there pal i'm not i'm just trying to get you off the street I don't want you getting run over by some dickhead in a Dodge Durango. Hmm. What else is there? Oh, <laughs> was it was it uh, what's his name? Uh, the, 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 uh, Glenn Allen Hill hitting that home run into like the bleachers opposite where Wrigley Field on the roof. That was pretty fucking cool. So probably oh, like, yeah. one of the coolest baseball things I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean uh, Chicago, nice place. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think uh, it's it's a question of whether or not like uh, the away form keeps up, as opposed to like our home record. Uh, yeah, this is sort of one of those things that I don't really have a good explanation for as to why um, we are getting results on the road as opposed to at home. Yeah, uh, maybe it's because like you know it's the one things could be is that like teams when they face us at home are more willing to go out and attack because they want to, you know, they 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 subscribe to that like teleological idea of, uh, not teleological sorry so to subscribe to that idea that uh that you want to go out and get a home win in front of your home fans because like uh it's the home wins in mls that matter and that kind of plays into our hands a little bit because we do better against oh yeah probably openly, you know uh that could be one possible reason like i wouldn't be able to tell you otherwise as to why that is it's just that i know that when it comes to our home form, we seem really, really close to winning games. But <laughs> yeah, I guess that's happen. true. I think I was thinking about it as a like as like the pressure of Red Bull Arena, and they talk about how like the atmosphere, then the players like no. But I guess it's actually it actually makes more sense that like teams are prepared to play for us as opposed to like wanting to play their game when we're the away team. So I think that's I think you're right there. Yeah. I mean, I think that has something to do with it. And, uh, I mean, even just looking through their team sheet right now, I mean, I would, uh, wait, uh, it's like I had no idea that sh- I totally forgot the shirt on Shakiri. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's signed for them. Uh, shirt on Shakiri and Jonathan Bornstein. What yeah. a. That's like, that's definitely one of those. MLS is full of like. Every year there's definitely like a, 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 a squad where just two guys are like, it's like that Paul Rudd gif of just like uh the clip of him just like look at us who'd have, who'd have thought yeah. the two of us here yeah it's like uh, teams that seem completely composed of dudes who you recognize playing for other teams exactly like, yeah 
so, so I think, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, that's probably going to be the thing that I'm kind of interested in seeing more, right? I think is whether or not this uh, waveform carries on. Uh, I do fancy our chances going into this one because of it, but, you know, I'm not going to give a prediction because uh, obviously that has come to uh, eat, eat lots of crow in recent years. So uh, Yes, we, we, we learned our lesson. Yeah. <clears throat> I was definitely humbled by <laughs> Club de Foot Montreal. I will never doubt the uh, wisdom of Kasabian ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that game kicks off Sunday at 8. Something like that, yeah. Uh, no other team news, I think, going into this game other than apparently Caden Clark is close to full fitness again. Him, I think, I think Schubert also said that both Clark and Carmona. Oh, yeah, Lookum and Carmona back. as well, yeah. Um, Which is, I guess, Carmona's... Actually, no, the both of them are, like, interesting where they would fit in this lineup. They're kind of in the same boat, if you ask me. As, as, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of in the same boat. You know, I think, uh, especially at the way that Amaya and Yearwood have uh, kind of emerged, right, as a pretty good midfield pairing this season, that mm-hmm. it seems to me that Clark and Carmona will be coming off, I think, the bench to start. And Clark, I think, interestingly, could slot into that Omir Fernandez, like, Kind of not really oh, maybe. potential attacking midfield pivot a little bit. Yeah, it's like the that's counter- interesting because I think I think if I recall correctly, like his like defensive numbers in the final third are actually also fairly good, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I think when yeah. he was deployed a bit deeper last year, like he uh, led an inner he 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 had pretty fair, pretty decent numbers with the recoveries and that defensive. Uh, Inter- defensive pressures uh, categories. So I think, yeah. uh, I think, uh, yeah, you could probably slot in there. Carmona, I don't know, right? Because I think for for a while last season, we were talking about like how it's really still not quite apparent, like where his best position is. Exactly. Right, and I think uh, there was a working theory that maybe he could be deployed deeper because like of his ability to shield the ball and like uh, actually maybe. dribble a fair bit with it could actually be pretty uh well now that we're playing amaya further back like is that is that a more logical spot for him than than an advanced role maybe it might be yeah i mean i think amaya is definitely a good shout good good shout here right because i think they do profile somewhat similarly in the way that they like to uh, shield and dribble the ball right Mm -hmm. and uh, the way that uh, amaya's runs particularly with the ball through the center of the pitch have opened up a lot of space i think for uh have opened up a lot of space for attackers to move into summarily through this movement with the ball. But I think uh, where it's different with Amaya and Carmona, right, is that we saw that I think uh, Frankie Amaya is such a terrier, right, in midfield nowadays for defensive pressures and the like. Uh, I don't know if I ever really saw that from Carmona because he looked a That's bit more. That's true, like, yeah. He looked a bit more like a guy who was. Uh, who you give the ball when you want to go shuttle rather than the guy doing like the defensive leg work, right? You know, so Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. It's one of those things again. Like I'm, I'm, I, I, I think uh, I. It's more of a wait and see thing for me with Carmona, I think, than it is with Clark because I think Clark mm-hmm. has a better. We have a better sense of what Clark's best attributes are and how he fits into the system. I think Carmona. Showed flashes of talent, but it's still not really apparent like where it's best to deploy. Problem, but I do think at the very least it'd be a, a boon to have midfielders who can slot into this team that mm-hmm. aren't just Christian Castro Jr. Right? We are kind of lacking in midfield depth right now. So uh, whenever these two come back and you're healthy, like I mean, I think uh, it's going to be a it's going to help the depth chart at the very least. And then we can yeah. kind of figure it out from there. You know, it's an interesting thing about like Christian Casades is that if you look at of like of stuff that he can do, what's interesting is that uh, 
part of me is like, I don't want him in an advanced position. But what's interesting about what he does in an advanced position is that he's actually in the, if you compare him to other attacking midfielders and like wingers in this league, he's actually like in the upper 90 percentiles of like defensive tackles and pressure. So it's like he's in the 99th percentile of tackles per 90 and the 91st percentile of pressures for 90, which is like good. And then when you, when you compare him to other midfielders, less so, but uh, I was looking at like the, how do Carmona's stats from last year stack up and 99th percentile for uh, pressures per 90. This is obviously last season because he hasn't played this season, but yeah, interesting. <laughs> Interestingly enough. Yeah. Wonder how much of that has to do with our like scheme as well, though. I gotta say, yeah, like especially uh, the new formation, yeah, and the fact that we really emphasize like, I mean, I think a pressing team naturally is gonna is gonna generate more pressure chances because of the way that like the tactics work, right? I mean, it's not exactly that we're just kind of sitting off and like letting trying teams to like play a bit more passive, like uh, teams that play low blocks do, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. There'll be teams that will be more content to kind of sit off, to, to kind of sit off, and keep space in around the box compact rather than going out and aggressively haranguing ball carriers, right? So, wonder how much of this also kind of has to do, like I said, like with the way that we set up in the press generally. Mm-hmm. This is why I guess it's I suppose it's why it's called pressing soccer. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, I think that's all that really is to it. I, I think I so too. Yeah. I, I don't think, uh, there's really much else to discuss other than, you know, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's an, it's an away trip <laughs> to, uh, it's team another back. away trip, another away trip. And we have midfielders coming back. Uh, it's kind of been a bit, bit of a lull in terms of overall news and developments other than the, uh, Transfer rumor for uh, he who shall not be named. I am not yes. going to read his name out loud again. Because we, we've done, I, we're done saying it in this episode. Yeah, I, I love myself too much for that. Okay. <laughs> so um, I think I'll just call it here. So Juan, thank you so much for your time. Once again. Of course. And love yourselves by not saying Conrado Bucanelli holds out loud. Oh, Lens. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you got him right at the depth when they oh. least expect it. You thought it was all over. Well, <laughs> it is now. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, folks. Bye bye. <laughs>